This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We're going to continue to work through the different categories of the de-churched evangelicals, and today we're going to be talking about the de-churched mainstream evangelicals. And this group, this de-churched mainstream evangelicals, looks radically different from the other four de-churched evangelical groups in numerous ways. Compared to the cultural Christians, they have a much higher orthodoxy score, and it isn't surprising that when you begin to drill down and look at the data, they, they really actually look a lot like the evangelicals who still go to church. And when you really begin to look at the data, almost in every way, evangelicals who are still church and those who are de-churched from this group are extremely similar. So you're not going to see a whole lot of variance behind not only their, their beliefs, but also in their practice, their moral framework is very, very similar. So any any insights that you want to give on that, gentlemen, before we move from there? Well, I think I, I just find it interesting that in terms of orthodoxal, orthodoxy and mental assent to the truths of Christianity, that that, was, that would be similar to those who are, pract- who are practicing Sunday worship or the, or the gathering of church. It's really interesting to see how that, while both these groups believe things that are very similar, how it plays out practically in their everyday life in terms of worshiping God and being gathered with the covenant community of his people. I think that one of the things that seems to come out of this chapter though that you know about their dechurching, their dechurching had a has a situational quality to yeah. it uh, where they you know they've left one community gone into another community. You know you you mentioned the other day about moving to a community that didn't have a church that you felt comfortable attending for a great deal of time you visited a number uh, church attendance was it inconvenient at that point. The, you know, divorce, remarriage. Somebody, you know, when people split, it changes. Uh, you know, one person goes. One person may stay in that church that they that they were in, and now the other person is de-churched. Mm-hmm. That's a situational element. You know, this book even points out that COVID nineteen got them out of the habit, and once they've stopped going to that church, there may have been reasons why they didn't necessarily want to attend that church but they'd never felt comfortable leaving now they've now they've left and they're not back in it uh, so they don't fit with a congregation uh, so i think there's a lot of situational elements to this group that we're talking about which would also lend to that same idea that they are rather orthodox they had an orthodox belief that you know situation came up and they're no longer in church so as we think about these, and I'm just going to read the, the list of the, the biggest reasons why they, they, they left church. And the first is that they moved to a new community that Jonathan was talking about. They, attending was inconvenient. Then it's divorce, marriage, or another family change, COVID-19. They didn't fit in. 
They didn't experience much love from the congregation. So those are the main reasons why they left. And as Jonathan was saying, they're situationally driven. But in this research that they do, they not only ask people, well, why did you leave? They also ask them, what are some possible reasons that would open up the door that you would return to church? Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to spend just a little bit of time on that. So um, there's a whole list of them. So as you guys look at the chart that has all of the reasons why they might come back to church, just talk the the listener through those that you think are the most substantial, interesting, thought-provoking, maybe th- those that you look at and say, huh, I didn't see that one coming. Well, just as a reminder, th- we're talking about the de-churched and not the unchurched. And so these people have already been in church. And maybe they've made a commitment to you know, to God, to Christ. To They, they understand this is a kind of an orthodox understanding, we're told in, in this book. So this is really a hopeful category for me about bringing them back to church. Uh, this is about an invitation that will actually bring them into your church. This is about uh, you making friends with them in your community, mm-hmm. recognizing their needs, realizing they're, unch- they're unchurched now. They may be talking about Christ with you in the workplace. They, they're they free to do that. But uh, you know, just asking them where their home church is and finding out that they don't attend gives you an opportunity to invite them to yours. I mean, this is a really hopeful category to me uh, of the de-church. Yeah, I found the the second most popular reason pretty interesting. It says, uh, God tells me to go back. And I, I wonder, because that's... Where's that still small voice coming from? Yeah, that, <laughs> and I wonder, that doesn't seem that that's in a reason for leaving church. Mm-hmm. God told me to stop going. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering where where the disconnect is between their orthodox beliefs about God and, and our faith and the expectation that it's okay with God that you're not in a covenant community of his that's, people. That's why I said I think it's situational. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, so they may have moved to a new community. They just haven't, uh, they haven't established yet in a church. They, you know, were the inconvenience. And this is where uh, that question that needs to be asked, should always be asked or never asked is where am I going to church this Sunday? I, I remember going to a community, uh, you know, leaving one community, going to another. This was when I wasn't a pastor. And, you know, getting up, trying to prepare that Saturday and looking through, you know, <coughs> the yellow pages or, you know, th- through a directory of some sort and saying, where am I going to attend this Sunday? And if we don't make that a priority before we before we get up on Sunday morning, uh, we won't be there, mm-hmm. and um, and so I think that you know it comes back to uh, I don't I don't see these people necessarily leaving the church as much as the situation took them out of church. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most encouraging in this list for re- returning is the uh, the fourth one. I, you know, feel the distance from God, and I think I find that encouraging because. God will not allow you know, his children to completely stray. I mean, he will press upon his children the, the need. And I think, you know, if they didn't have that and they were instead given over to their desires, that's, that's the horrible thing. That's a bad thing. Um, so I, I just, I find that encouraging. You know, this is the ordinary, I think the ordinary way God does work in his children, maybe withdrawing his presence, allowing us to feel that distance so that we turn to him and and seek him. So we're talking just broadly about these different 
categories of reasons why they might come back. But the authors actually take these this chart and then try to combine it into what they call four on-ramps that might lead this group back to the evangelical church. So I'm going to just read the four and then have you guys engage with any of the four that you would like to. The first is there's a social on-ramp of experiencing loneliness, making new friends, or having a spouse who wants to go. There's a church on-ramp of missing church or finding a, a good church or pastor. There's a God on-ramp of hearing from God and lamenting distance from him. And just to circle back, Vinny said that they, they want they, this whole idea of God tells me to go back. 35% actually said that. So that's mm-hmm. not like a, a throwaway stat. Right. I mean, that's a yeah, substantial I mean, number that's, of people. That's, that's your con- That's your conscience. Yeah, <laughs> that's you know, and God gave us that conscience. You know, he he gives it. I mean, we're aware. You know, there's a God shaped vacuum in us, is what Augustine said. Mm-hmm. You know, and that can't be filled unless God fills it. And so that conscience will bring us to that uh, sense of of need and desire to be among God's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many of these too are connected relationally. Like Jonathan mentioned, like uh, I'm looking for friends or a sense of loneliness, or you know, my spouse wants to go. So I think there's as an encouragement, there's just a spirit of, of uh, being invitational that we could live with as Christians mm-hmm. and being hospitable mm-hmm. to those around us, and never knowing who that you know uh, dechurched person might be that we invite to church that would was just waiting for that to come back. Yeah, looking outside of your your own little group of friends that you like to converse with on Sunday and seeing those yeah. individuals that are maybe standing off to the side in the corner and really reaching out to them because that relational aspect, they will either eventually leave because they're not making that connection or um, maybe someone that's trying to come back and they would stay because of that connection. The, the one, I don't know if we read this, there's a philosophy of ministry on ramp, uh, finding a church that takes doctrine and ethics seriously or one that pray prioritizes justice and compassion for the vulnerable. So this is, you know, what kind of church are you looking for kind of question. But the idea that, you know, there you mentioned visiting uh, some 20 churches, you know, year, years ago, and you were looking for what a particular philosophy of ministry. You were looking for uh, doctrine. You were looking for theology. You were looking for those things. And I think that every church has a particular you know, there. You know, you have a preaching church. You have a teaching church. That one that takes discipleship seriously. You have a worship church. The one that, you know, the the worship uh, raises you to um, the heights of appreciation of of God. Or you maybe you do, maybe you do find that social justice church that you know has a, an outreach to the the homeless, to the to the uh, downtrodden and. And that, and that's the very place where you find yourself fitting in. But there is a church uh, that meets those needs, and we'll, and even though there are every church should have aspects of that in it, you know, there are some churches that do each of those things better. You know, maybe whether it's preaching, whether it's worship, whether it's uh, you know that social outreach or just discipleship for your children. Every church should be doing that. There are some churches that will emphasize one of those over the other, and I think we take for granted at least i take for granted that within the church congregation there is love and support and care that i receive my family receives and i forget that there are those that are outside the church that don't have that 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 care that those friendships those and so i there are people that are are looking for that type of connection that type of 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 love and support 
And so many of you have the opportunity to interact with people throughout the week at, at your work. And you can kind of look and say, hmm, they're gravitating towards me. Is there a reason why? Is there something missing in their life that they, they're finding in me? I, I just know that when I used to be a teacher, I would have kids come into my room and talk to me in my in my prep period. I'm like, that is so weird. Why are they telling me this? Mm-hmm. And then I realized, oh, I'm, I'm their dad. Hmm. That they don't have a parent that's willing to listen. And I just happened to be there and I was willing to just carve out some time of my prep period and listen to him tell me a story mm-hmm. and there are people in all of our lives that are like that mm-hmm. and so then use those connections and say and you know what there's a lot more of me at my church that are going to care about you and love you and and be a friend to you and there are people and, that and, are and, and i and i've said you know this is one of the gifts of the uh, the gifts that god has given is pretty beneficial in a church because there are gifts of helps there are gifts of discernment there are, you know these gifts uh, when you bring somebody to the body of christ they get all of christ they mm-hmm. don't just they, they don't just get you they get you know all these gifts working together to build you up and 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 build up the church mm. And it really goes back to something Vinny said a couple days ago from First Peter that that good churches shepherd the sheep, mm-hmm. and shepherding the sheep deals with all of the categories that Jonathan is talking about. You provide them good teaching, you provide them the care and the protection, and and all of the things that go along with just being a healthy church. And I think really what this is a call to is for us to be faithful in the call that we are supposed to be with regard to how we run our church. Mm. And then as we run our church according to how Christ is commanded, the beauty of that will draw people back into it. Mm -hmm. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.